All right. Hey, welcome back to the Leadership Podcast here at Prairie Lakes Church, Fort Dodge. We're grateful for you, um, your leadership, and and really the, the opportunity that we get a chance to partner with you uh, in the kingdom work that God has uh, going on here in Fort Dodge and Webster County and around. Uh, we just want to remind you that uh, where this podcast comes from, um, as, as leaders, uh, we, we make time uh, on a monthly basis and, and we talk about uh, fresh struggles that we have or uh, content that we've heard that we, we want to pass along or just things that um, we find in, in our quiet time or in our retreat time with God. And, and uh, we process that together. We talk about it. Uh, we pray through it. And, uh, and, and then really it turns into this conversation here in this podcast. Um, and so that's, that's where a lot of this content comes from. Um, it's it's not an accident, and we hope that it just continues to uh, fill your bucket, grow you as a leader, um, edify you, and and really it strengthens our partnership in the work that God has in store for us. And Gro- Craig Rochelle says uh, says something like, "When the leader gets better, um, everybody wins," and and we really believe that. So that's that's the time that we want to spend with you and the remainder of this this uh, podcast that we share today. And so today we're going to be talking about the the headline is how to put up with stupid. Uh, we're going to unpack that, and we hope that's a little catchy for you. Uh, so how, how to put up with stupid. And I'm going to turn over. Uh, Nathan, Nathan's got some questions here. We've got our entire team in this podcast, and so you're going to hear from a variety of voices today. But Nathan's going to host um, host the questions as we get into conversation together. So it's all yours. All right, cool. So uh, putting up with stupid, you might be wondering, like, what in the world do we mean by that? And just a little bit of context. Uh, uh, you know, leaders... Uh, we're always giving away authority to make decisions. So uh, we're not making all the decisions, or we shouldn't be. And so as we give uh, authority to make decisions away, sometimes the people we're giving those decisions to uh, don't make the same decisions we would have, mm. and it seems like they're making stupid choices. Uh, <laughs> we just we look at them, we're like, what were you thinking? Why did you do it that way? Uh, but the question is, like, are they really stupid choices? Or is it just something we need to let go of Mm. uh, where we're giving up control? Uh, So sometimes that's the case. But other times, like, it is a stupid choice. Uh, We do need to step in. We need to coach them to a better way. Um, When we we don't do this well, we were talking about how there can be fireworks. So we're getting close to July 4th. Fireworks are going to be booming. People are going to be busting off fingers and all sorts of things. <laughs> um, and the reality is, if we as leaders uh, don't navigate this well of letting go properly or coaching properly, uh, there can be fireworks in yeah. our organization. Uh, simmering anger, relational harm, uh, you know, just things can blow up. Uh, so so that's the context, and, and so I guess to kick it off with a question, uh, does any anyone here have an example of a time when you felt like uh, you were leading a person and they were making stupid choices? Uh, it could be a specific example or just kind of generically what that feels like, um, So and, and then later you kind of realized that you were hmm. off base. Anyone think of an example along those lines? Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, leadership can always be like our, our home, our family can always kind of be the lab that we really see some of these qualities and experiences pan out. Um, uh, but I, I know, uh, is, I mean, this, this is probably not going to be a surprise to any, any of you in the room or anybody listening, but, um, uh, you know, my, my personality type and just being an, an achiever, um, there was a season in our marriage where Christy would say something like, um, hey, Kyle, you know there's more than one way to do something, right? 
And my response back was, yeah, but there's only one right way. Um, <laughs> you know, and so like, I, I think sometimes uh, what, what, I, what I've learned, especially about me, uh, and this is the specific, it's not a story, but the specific struggle that I have is fami- familiarity. You know, when we're responsible for processes and we just have that groove, it's just so easy for us to think, well, that should be intuitive for everybody else, even whether it's the right way or not, or like the most efficient way even. Like we just get that familiarity groove. And so when somebody else isn't doing it that way, like we automatically would think that they're, I mean, right or wrong, we'd like, yeah, you're, you're just stupid. You don't, you're not doing it the way you should be. Um, and so uh, it, I, I think we have to, as leaders, in whatever arena we're leading in, we have to um, get out of out of that familiarity groove and just back up and go, there really probably is more in one way. And if there's not, then it comes back to Nathan, what you you said there, do I need to step in and coach? You know, yeah. um, but I, I get myself into too much trouble when I'm at my worst. It's because I'm not willing to step out of that familiarity groove, ask the questions. Is there other ways to do this that are just um, just as good, um, you know, produce the same results? Uh, those types of things, or am I just so narrow-minded because I'm in that familiarity groove that that I can't see that? Um, I think, I mean, the one example that's kind of just fair to this room that I think of is when Nathan, you and I are the longest ones that have worked together on this team, and uh, it was around it was around our first um, it, was, it was around our first Christmas together. And so we're newly working together and I'm your boss, um, but never felt like, I mean, of course I'm responsible for supervising you, but never felt like I needed to have that weird kind of relationship with you of like, I'm your supervisor. Mm-hmm. But I remember coming up to that first Christmas and, uh, you know, here we've got this brand new building and we're launching our campus, mm-hmm. but you were like burning candles on both ends, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just remember we were walking into the building and I and I just like can we be doing anything different here? Um, but part of, part of that was like my familiarity with, uh, or lack of familiarity with worship, uh, but my familiarity with just church, uh, like church Christmas Eve services and not seeing that much energy and effort be put into it. And then just my lack of familiarity with you as a leader and how you're going to drive for excellence and build your team and those types of things. Um, and it was one of those moments that could have got really heated. <laughs> But yeah. you were wise enough. I mean, because yeah. I mean, you know, I I was like, like being yeah, a bad like, supervisor. You, well, <laughs> I mean, just like it just it didn't make sense to you why I was just going and going and going yeah. and like I was like it was our kickoff and so yeah, my personality was like I'm gonna do whatever it takes. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll sleep in January because this thing's gonna be awesome. Yeah, and you're like, dude, relax. And yeah, I can't relax. <laughs> There's important stuff going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I think. Uh, being able to back up in that moment and you know in in that situation I wish I could go back and ask more of a question uh, rather than kind of leading with the headline Um, but again I would I would put the blame on and it doesn't it doesn't uh, take my responsibility away but I put the blame back on familiarity Um, I was familiar to certain things I was unfamiliar to a lot Um, um, but yeah I mean easily put my foot in my mouth and and uh we 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 could have gotten to a disaster right off right off the bat before our first service i think kind of to piggyback off of that of just like taking that time to pause before Mm. going into um the interaction with the person and i was thinking of like parenting you know when you have teenagers 
um, and yeah. they do something stupid, you are like, why is like, why did you make that choice? That was like so stupid or so dumb. But like taking that time to pause and like remember their development, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> their brains are not fully developed. They haven't had life experiences like we have as mm-hmm. parents. And just like taking that time to pause um, before going in and then asking more questions yeah. or realizing some of that. Our own self-awareness is so key to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like there's that experimentation that pe- everyone has to do. Right. You have you have to fail. Uh, if you have a toddler, you have to let them fall. If you have a teenager, you have to let them make mistakes. Right. Mm-hmm. If you have a leader you're leading, you've got to let them try and fail. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just a part of their, that's the best way that they're going to learn a lot of times. Yeah. But, you know, we've already been through and we have the bruises on our knees from leadership decisions and so we want to help other people avoid those right. yep. but sometimes there is no shortcut from letting them experience the pain of it well and yeah and i would say yes and sometimes we're just selfish mm. you know as as leaders whether we're leading our kids um or maybe even in in a, a situation leading our spouse or leading a team of volunteers or leading staff um we can be Forget what I just said about the, you know, just that rut of familiarity. We can just be so selfish and I've got this vision. I've got this way. I've got this plan. Now execute it this way. Whether we've been there and done it yet or not, even I think at times we can just, this is exactly how I'm seeing it. Uh, And so neglecting the team uh, or neglecting even maybe our own uh connection to the familiar familiarity or theirs or i mean there's just some layers there and i think to back up and just recognize um our own our own tendencies in those moments too can be pretty dangerous um yeah it's really natural for me like i'm laughing at myself that i'm in this conversation right now because uh, (laughs) this is probably one of my hardest uh things in leadership is letting go of control Mm. um i'm like I value the how a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like one of my biggest contributors to an organization is finding the smooth, efficient, whatever, quick way to, to do something. And so I, I live in the how, I enjoy the how. Uh, or my role in the organization a lot of times is not necessarily the outfront vision caster. You know, someone else is casting the vision mm-hmm. and then I'm the one trying to figure out, all right, how do we get there? So I live in the how a lot, and when I see somebody doing something with a how, with a way that just is inefficient, or they're, I'm like, man, you could, you could free up so much of your time if you did it this other way. Um, that's really hard for me. And me and me and my brother are both wired that same way. And I'm thinking of a story that he told um, about like ProPresenter. Anyone listening who's used ProPresenter, you know, there's like a lot of things with it. There's a lot of layers. And like, there's a way you can organize the songs, and one way you can create all sorts of work for yourself. Every week, you got to re-import all these lyrics, and you could maybe there's really slow ways to type them in, or really slow ways to format them. But then it has a lot of built-in shortcuts. Mm. And so for both me and him, like we've commiserated. Like he was at a church, and he was he was like saying, "I can't believe they're importing their presenter library this way." Like they're wasting literally dozens and dozens and dozens of hours all the time on something that this program could do for them. (laughs) And so he brought that change to them. He had a how. He's like, hey, I have a better way, stupids. Uh, Come on. (laughs) Uh, And they totally rejected it. And Mm. they they refused to change. And for him, it was like 
oh, and and I was right with him. I'm like, I agree. That's just like, and it, to a certain extent, it really was their inflexibility. Sure. Um, they could have done it in a better way, but if you put that how up on a pedestal, like mm. the, the the supreme goal is to do it as efficiently as possible. Well, maybe it isn't. Maybe there's another value at work besides just efficiency, yep. and we can't put that above everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, and you know, I mean, that's that's. Uh, I, I think as leaders, we all need to recognize, in some way, shape, or form, um, you know, a, a, a solid quality of a leader is to be an owner. And so, you know, whether, whether we're the owner of that vision or casting that vision or the responsibility, um, that's why, that's why letting go is so hard, you know, because we, we feel that we feel that responsibility, whether it was original with us or we're, um, giving it away. Uh, it's just, there, there's, there's so much of us that's connected to that. Um, and that's not bad. It's just learning how to manage that. And I think that's, that's where, it's just where some of this tension can can come in because what we're going to talk about in in just uh, I'm sure yet yeah, in a little bit is um, unpacking more of just that reality that there are probably equal to if not sometimes greater resp- opportunities uh, just to uh, to give up control rather than coaching you know it's just it's it's just as much if not more about us just letting go. <laughs> Um, of our ideals than than making someone else fit the mold so yeah and uh, just this week like Brittany you found a podcast from Craig Grishel and he was talking about creating an empowering culture and we were listening to that two-part series and, and some things from that and like maybe this would be a time to maybe deviate from our script a little bit and highlight some of those things because he lays out some principles that can really guide us well as we wrestle with this. And then maybe after we process through some of the things he Mm. shared, um, then we can go back to some of our questions and, and wrestle through um, the distinctives there. So do you want to just share some of the insights from that? Um, So he talks about the importance of like, we need to guard our values, but through that we also need to delegate authority. And when we only delegate tasks, which is super easy to do, um, we create followers, but when we delegate authority, that mm. is when we create leaders. And that was super convicting for me. I can just think of examples um, in my own leadership where I can easily delegate tasks, but I hold on to that authority <laughs> and it's harder to let that go. Because like when you delegate a task, there's the right way that you've always yeah. done it. Then you're like, okay, let me teach you my way to yep. do this task yep. versus... Or even a little deviation, but not necessarily... As, as much mm. as when you delegate authority, you're really releasing that. And he talked about how, you know, um, how do we know when we can trust somebody? We don't know if we can trust them unless we trust them. So you really have to release that. And when we do, you, you give the opportunity for somebody to really grow. Like we think, oh, they might fail and they might, but they also might do something amazing. And we don't know if they will, if we don't ever give them that trust. I mean, he talked about how, you know, you, you can have control or growth, but you cannot have both. And I thought that was really powerful as well that, um, yeah, it's just something that's so hard. We all want control. And some, I feel like it's something that all leaders um, struggle with. And he talked about in, in his own struggles of that and how when he was able to truly let go of control, that's when he saw exponential mm-hmm. growth in 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 all areas of his life. And it kind of makes sense because as long as you're controlling things, it can only grow as big as what you yourself can manage mm-hmm. and keep track of. 
but which is why you can't have both. But if you're able to let go of control, now the organization or the ministry or whatever it is that you're leading can get beyond you, and it can get. There's really no limit to how big it can mm. get because other yes. people are deciding. Yeah, yeah. You talked about that. There's no limiting factor when we um, empower people. And I think he gave an example about um, a company. I forget which company you guys remember. Zappos. Zappos, yeah. And how, you know, like most people in their customer service department, they're like, here's the script. This is what you do. This is what you say when somebody calls in. And they don't, they didn't provide a script. They gave that authority to to their employees. Mm-hmm. And the things that they came up with, like they provide amazing customer service because they own that now. Like those, the employees own that. And they like, somebody talked about sending flowers because something showed up late or like these really like, different ways of providing customer service Mm. just because they weren't like told this is what you need to do. They were given that authority and, um, yeah, the power in that. Yeah. And I think one of the tests maybe of like, are, are you giving away tasks or are you giving away authority is like, how many times does the question have to come back to you to make a decision? Like Mm -hmm. someone's doing something then, and then they say, Hey Brittany, uh, I'm, I'm, I ran into this issue. What should I do? So then they're completing a task, but you're the authority on it mm-hmm. versus like they're deciding and maybe they're just informing you or, you know, mm-hmm. that things are happening. I feel like the way that I personally saw this in my leadership was, you know, I, lo- I was the MOPS coordinator for a long time. And then when I passed that on, it was like you know, I was ready and I felt like it was the right thing. But I could tell there was some of that like tension there of like, OK, I need to truly delegate that the full authority of this ministry and, um, and even as our new mops coordinator steps in, like there'd be some questions and I would have to be like, no, like you have the authority now to make that decision, not me. And she's nailed, she's nailed it. Like she's, mm. she's done amazing, mm, yeah. but like giving that like true authority away instead of just like the task of what needs to be done to, to mm-hmm. make this happen. And the first thing he said right at the start of his podcast, at least, I don't know if it was the part one, I listened to part two and I think he summed up part yeah, one, but yeah. We communicate with clarity and extend trust. We communicate with clarity and extend trust. And if basically, uh, if you don't communicate with clarity, people don't know what to do, so they can't have authority. So you got to be clear on the expectations, clear on the goal, what's the win? That's the clarity side. And then extending trust. If you only trust people so far and you won't let them own it, win or fail, um, then they're just they're kind of stifled. They they they're stuck. They feel kind of boxed in. Mm-hmm. So that we've got to communicate clearly and then trust them well. Mm-hmm. Um, all that was like, oh man, that's yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah. So cool. That so that's some of the insights that uh, that he has experienced. But like, do you guys think that it's bad uh, to have strong opinions on how something should get done as a leader? I don't think it's bad. I mean, we all have opinions. Like, you know, you I don't think that's wrong. But I do think it's wrong to, like, say this is how you need to do it. Like, maybe sometimes we need to keep our mouths shut mm. <laughs> and allow somebody to figure out a different how. Um, and I th- it comes down to, like, discernment. Like, sometimes maybe it is best to, like, say, give that, like, little bit of training because it would save them a whole bunch of time maybe or be mm. more efficient. But at the same time, like, there are different ways of getting there. And I think sometimes our own pride and control mm-hmm. can play into that. And we just need to sometimes, I think, keep our mouth shut on our strong opinions. So trying to determine when, when to say, when not to say it's. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. Because I mean, you, you think about, um, I, I think some of the things that lead us to believe we need to do more micromanaging on the front side is, 
um, are, you know, it, it could be insecurities or, or fears, but, you know, we think, I, I think, I'll, I'll put this in, in my, like, my name's on the line, you know, um, so if somebody else is, whether it's somebody who shares my, my last name, you know, executing something or, or somebody here on this team or a volunteer, you know, that I'm supervising, it's, um, you know, it's like, I mean, at the end of the day, this still comes back to me. Um, and so, you know, sometimes if I behave out of that fear, if I act out of that fear, then yeah, on the front side, I can, I can overload so much more. And it's, you know, I, I make the person, I can try to make the person believe that I'm delegating authority. But at the end of the day, it's like, kick out, when do I get to breathe? You know, are you going to tell me that too? Hmm. Uh, but, you know, some of that's just rooted in that fear and security. Um, I don't want to let you believe I'm going to let you down. So I'm going to over communicate things that don't need it. I'm going to tell you, um, you know, and give you more directions and instructions than you would even get if you were opening this box, um, you know, from Ikea. And so uh, I, I think some of that just is, is kind of rude there. And as, I'm, as I was listening to you guys talk, I just was thinking of the, just the elementary, um, just that elementary picture of a, a baby moving from crawl to walk. Um, you know, most of the time, at that point, they're they're not even communicating. I mean, they're they they barely got uh, any words coming out of their mouth. Maybe, maybe mama, maybe dada, you know, maybe others, but very rarely, right? And so, yeah, we can communicate to them uh, probably like we would communicate to a dog, and they can understand the simple things, you know, through our body languages and experiences. But we're not having conversations with them, yeah. and so when they're moving from that state of crawling to walking we're coaching them because we're putting them in an environment we're standing them up against the couch we're making sure that there's not an area where you know it's it's more safe than it is unsafe um but there's really no other instructions besides come here you know like and we're just we're praising them along the way and we're trying to get them to take a step and when they take one we're celebrating the crap out of it you know and when they fall then we're there and we're making sure they're okay but we stand them right back up and we we have them do it all over again um i think we miss out in leadership when we get so focused in on i mean again you think about the praises of a parent like go back to what i just said earlier um if if i if I stay in my own bubble of my insecurities or fear and what people are going to think about me, or if my, you know, when, when I'm helping my child learn how to, how to walk, if I stay so focused on that, my kid's probably never really going to learn how to walk because I'm, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to keep doing things for them, or I'm going to wait until they're at a point when they can fully understand, they can articulate words back to me. And that's just, I mean, that's not how life works. Um, but sometimes I think we get so caught up in, in our leadership, we want to do things so right. I don't, I don't think, I really don't think leaders at higher levels um, fall victim to arrogance um, as much as I think we fall victim to our own fears um, and insecurities that, that help us just stay in that rut of uh, familiarity to where we, you know, we're, we're waiting for the right moment before we release uh, things to people. And, I love that. I love that line. I haven't listened to the podcast yet, but uh, the best way to know if you can trust someone is to trust them. Um, and that's just that's just sticky, you know. Think again. Take that back to a, a toddler or a baby learning from crawl to walk. Um, we're not handing them the keys to the car. Uh, we're not we're not making them responsible for taking care of the dog. Um, 
but we're we're giving them enough trust that yep your legs are confident that couch is sturdy i'm right here prop them up and let them walk um you know and (laughs) sure they might have a defiance and then we learn well i can't trust them there yet you know Mm -hmm. but like the best way to let some, yeah, that's just powerful. That's and they might, but they also might do something that's like, whoa, I never thought of that. Yeah, again. they didn't. They didn't walk. They started running. Yeah, you know, yeah. like and if you don't trust mind them, blown. You don't see that. Yeah, I yeah. think, and I, I agree. I feel like insecurity just plays a big role in holding us back mm. from being able to delegate authority. Yeah, and how it reflects on us that insecurity. Um, you said like, sure, my last name. Mm. I think a lot of times, even in ministry, we almost feel like the people we're leading quote unquote, share our last name. Yeah. yeah. That uh, if if that person who's in my ministry that I'm in charge of in some way, I supervise, <laughs> if they fail, then it reflects back on me. And so because I'm not wrestling down my own fears of failure, mm-hmm. then I'm uh, uh, projecting it onto them. Yeah. And I don't want them to fail because then I'm failing. Yeah. So it just comes back to that insecurity mm-hmm. again. Yeah. And is, isn't it crazy if we can, if we can more often... Uh, get over that fear of failure and be okay with mistakes happening, how much more opportunity we're going to have to be able to grow leaders and take ground instead of holding all of it white knuckled in our, in our leadership fists. Um, and we've all grown because we had other leaders let us make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and mistakes aren't mistakes if you learn from them, you know, uh, and, you know, we started saying things around Prairie Lakes uh, through some of our um, organizational growth uh, systems that Pastor Jesse's running us through that, um, you know, leaders know the right risk to make. Uh, you know, like, that. yeah, there's, there's a mistake probably on the other end of this, but we're going to grow from it, you know. Um, yeah, there's just, there's, just some, there's just some good power there. Mm-hmm. Uh, another question we have on there, how do you know when a person can handle the freedom to make decisions that would go against your way? Uh, what's... You said like the best way to know somebody can be trusted is to trust them. Yeah. How, how do you, how do you, of all the people, how do you pick that one person and how do you know that they're ready to be given that first amount of trust? Yeah. Uh, like how, how would you guys answer that? I think of the parable of the talents. Um, you know, m- m- most of us have heard it, you know, uh, it was trusted with a little and then trusted with more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I think in le- I think one of the responsibilities that we have as leaders, no matter what role we're in or what our title is, or if we're paid or staff or what organization we're part of, is is to be watching for that. You know, how how are some some of those, some people are just going to select in before they're even invited. Um, you know, and how are how are they executing those roles? What's their reasoning? And so just observing people, I think, and you know, and. Uh, more more than likely, you're going to see those people in some way, shape, or form. Even if we haven't handed trust to them, uh, because with a role or a task, responsibility, um, we have because we see how they're acting. And so then it's like, okay, now I'm going to give you trust in something that I'm responsible for. Uh, that I mean, I think I think that's one way. Um, usually for me, it's it's rarely ever blind. Um, doesn't mean that it always like, hey, can I get a reference? You know, like, can you give me, give me your top three people that I can call? Um, but it's just, it's just observation of people. How are they behaving in the arenas that I see them in? Like, are you seeing things like consistency and yeah. faithfulness? Or, I think it starts like with the relationship. I think yep. it starts with the relationship too of just like 
building that. Like you said, it's not going to be blind. I'm just going to walk up to a stranger and say, Hey, will you lead yeah. this area of ministry? <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, when you build that relationship with them, you get to know them and see some of those leadership traits and qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can be like, Oh, I, I see this in them. Let's see if they're ready to go that to that next step. Yeah. That I was both what you, what you Kyle and Brittany have both said or, or what I was are things that I was thinking of just that intentional observation mm-hmm. um, and that relational awareness. It's so those, both of those are so important and kind of um, ev- going a step further. If it, if it's a big thing you're going to be entrusting them with is like that invitation into your own life so that you can share some vulnerability in mm-hmm. that. So you can kind of know how they, um, if when we're vul- vulnerable, excuse me, with our, some of the things, either shortcomings or failings or whatever with our, within ourselves and our own leadership, we can see how they react to mm. that and how they can, um, and how they might react in whatever big thing we're handing off and yeah. entrusting with them. Yeah. That's really good. Um, okay. So let's say we've identified a person. They, we've given them some trust. They're stepping into that trust. They're, they're doing well. But then um, th- we find ourselves feeling like we have to put up with stupid. Some- mm. Something they're doing, uh, it's, it's rubbing against us, and it's like, oh, man. Um, can you guys think of examples? Uh, like, we've kind of been steering a little bit more towards letting go and, and, and trusting them. What about times when you need to come in and actively coach? Can you think of some examples or kind of situations when you actually do need to say, Hey, hey, the way in which you're doing that, it's just not quite right. Mm-hmm. This isn't a recent one, but um, as you were talking about that, it um, came to mind of um, something was being done, not how I would do it or and not even just that, but like there were um, ramifications for the way that it was done. And this wasn't sure. here at PLC, um, but it was in my previous life. <laughs> But, um, do we need to change, your, like, I, need to change your identity? I right know, now, right? So <laughs> change the voice. <laughs> um, but it was really hard for me to, because that mama bear protection part of like wanting to protect that person from the ramifications of their choices or their mistakes or their stupid um, spots that they were in. But then just to come up and like, hey, have you ever thought about it like this? Or had, did you notice that this is what happened when you did this? Like mm-hmm. those initial. Um, questions and conversation because of the relationship that was built where um, I didn't do it well, um, but like I muddled through it and like now hindsight reflected on how I could have done that better. But the questions were super, super um, important in that conversation. I think about like things that go against our values, you know, like if it's, if you value being include, like including everyone, in a way that this leader is doing something that makes them feel like, oh, this person's not included. That might be something, okay, this is against my our values or about, about something that we mm-hmm. stand for. So I feel like when it gets into something like that, that's when you know, okay, a conversation needs to be had. It's not just based on personality difference or um, a different way of doing things. Yeah, yeah. like for example, um, a huge thing that we stand on as a church is the no matter culture thing. So if a leader were deciding, let's say it's in a musical field and uh, they're conducting an audition. Okay. So let's see, I gave somebody an authority to conduct an audition without me. Uh, They wouldn't have to do it exactly the same way. Have the person play the same songs and whatever. But if a part of that audition was like, 
hey, we need to know that you know all 66 books of the Bible. And you need to, like, if they suddenly had this, like, really rigid, um, tell us what, what you feel about this or that theological issue um, that was sort of secondary. And all of a sudden, they were making that a primary thing. Or if they were, like, being really rigid with someone who still had some mess in their life. And they're look, you, you got to clean all that stuff up before you can get on the stage. Well, I mean that would violate, um, it, w- it would seem like, okay, I can see where that leader's coming from. Like, it does matter. Your life matters. Like, you, you're you up there. People are watching you. It's not that it doesn't matter, but uh, it doesn't give room for people to have grace and receive grace and to be on the journey of becoming more like Christ. It's like, you better have your act together before you do this. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's where, like, I, I wrestle with that all the time in my ministry area because, yes, there are behavioral standards. Like, um, so how do we discern where that line is? So that's where it's it's a value thing. And the, the clearer we can get on those values, the better that leader can lead without me mm-hmm. being directly involved. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are there other times where you, you really do need to coach and not just let the personality differences go? Yeah, you know, I mean, um, I th- I think if even if you're con- confused at what your role is there, if you're as as the leader, if you're starting to feel that tension brewing of uh, this just isn't how I do it or this isn't how it should be done, um, I I think we're going to be more victorious in the end if we lead with questions rather than just living in that. I don't, you know, cause I think we can stay stuck in, I just don't like how they're doing it and we can be frustrated and then build some type of animosity and we might not ever trust them again with something. Um, or we just let them continue to fail, mm-hmm. you know, and we fail as a leader then, or, you know, uh, if, if it's, um, on, on the other side where, uh, again, we just, we have that tension. If, if we lean into those questions, we might learn, um, that they need to be coached or we might learn that it's just flat out. Yeah. I have a difference of opinion here. I have a, I would just do this differently, but no matter what our responsibility, then we've got clarity and we know what, what we need to do or how we need to grow as a leader. So I think, I mean, uh, asking questions, um, would be even in thinking about Nathan, that picture you painted is so clear. Um, you know, like clearly wrong. Uh, if, if somebody led a, um, you know, an audition that way, we would know, man, yeah, right away. That's, that's violated our culture, but rather than coming in and just saying, Hey, do you know, Nathan, do you know how you led that, um, that, or that, uh, that audition was just wrong. You know, Nathan, Mm -hmm. can you tell me what that, that is way off script. Why, why'd you do that? You know, what, what was, what was going on inside of you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then that might not be the best question, but that's, that's way better than just coming in and going, you screwed the pooch on that. You're done. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, get out, you know, I mean, and we don't usually say that type of stuff, but our, our body language and usually how we address is going to make that person just cave and go, yeah, I just lost. Mm-hmm. Um, because here's the reality. If we don't know why they did it and we can assume, but if we don't know why they did it, they might not either. And so there's, there's, I mean, it's like obstacles are always opportunities. And so I think, I mean, great leaders are going to ask those questions. Yeah. And I think um, to go back to the idea of how, uh, I, my weakness is I tend to focus on how to do something. Mm. 
but if we as leaders can better coach how to decide something, mm. that that becomes, I think, a little bit of the key. Uh, I, I've got to let go of this is the exact way I would do it, but I want to be more vocal than ever, more clear than ever um, on how I make decisions so that then you as a leader who's you know got authority in, in, in my world, yeah. that you're going to make healthy decisions too. And, and when we talk about how to decide, that's where the values come in. That is the guide. Yeah. It's like a style guide in communication. It's a, it's, this is the framework to make good decisions. Here's how to make good decisions and set you up for success. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, uh, Jesse, uh, when he coaches our staff, he talks about culture stretching. Um, and maybe this is kind of where we could wrap up the conversation. So if we're coaching people on how to decide, not how to do, and we know that we have a certain culture or a set of values, in other words, like the, this, ecos, this, this ethos of like how we make decisions around here, and that's like our culture, that's who we are, um, inevitably, every person is going to just stretch that culture a little bit. No one's going to be this perfect robot that's like, I am a PLC value DNA person. <laughs> like, no, they're, they're going to have their own personality, and so they're, they're going to stretch the culture, and so what does it look like to have a good conversation with someone where you just open up the door to say, hey, that, that moment there where you made that decision, that stretched the culture, um, and now I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to beat you down, but, but we do need to have a conversation about how your decision-making stretched the culture. Like, share a little bit about what, on a practical level, that conversation could look and feel like, and we'll, we'll close with that. I think first and foremost, again, that has to start with it, it can't be that it violated how we do something. It has to be clear that it stretched our culture. So we have to have clarity coming into that. Um, if, we're, if we're unclear, we can make it sound like uh, it stretched culture, but it really might not have. Uh, so, I, I, th- I mean, that could be really, really fast, um, you know, of a clarity process. But I think if we're unclear about that, we're gonna. Uh, we're not. We're not gaining any clarity. So, so there's a little bit of there. prep work as a leader yeah. to come into it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you can't mm-hmm. just knee jerk into. I mean, that's the reality. You think about how many situations in life need immediate attention. Um, it's it. They're they're fewer than than what we think. However, I think at the same time, even if it's, if it's not immediate, it still needs timely response. And so, as leaders, if we're if we're gonna be helping course correct or you know, especially in something like this where the, the culture's cha- uh, stretched. Um, yeah, it probably doesn't need to be immediately taken care of, but definitely quicker than two weeks. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're yeah. probably talking hours, you know, um, or, or a day or two, but but not 15 minutes after the situation happened. Give yourself some time to, mm-hmm. to process and ask some of those questions. And like Gina said, the prep work that happens of just thinking about what you're going to talk about. Yeah. That looks more like sitting down for 10 minutes with a piece of paper and just collecting my thoughts and less like, I'm going to talk with my five friends and yeah. say, yeah. gosh, yes. I, this That's person so really true. blew it, right? Yeah. Yes. Which is, we often lean more into that. I'm going to yeah. talk with my five friends. Yeah. And, yeah. Yep. And we'll, 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 uh, think that we're not gossiping or think that that's okay. Cause we'll say like, am I wrong? Am I wrong that this is, <laughs> right. you know, classic. Mm-hmm. Am I, am I okay in believing this? Well, yeah, I mean, Maybe, but you're not okay in talking to those five <laughs> friends about it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and really, if you're talking to those five friends, they're probably not going to tell you that you are wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
Yeah. Yeah. Other thoughts about how to have the culture stretching conversation well, um, how to guide that person to discovery. Um, I, th- I think what comes to mind for me is like the the Chris Rigg drawing thing that they talked about at our last all staff meeting. It, and he, he has a napkin and kind of a bullseye, just a point in the middle of it. He's like, all right, if someone were parachuting down onto this target um, and they were exactly aligned with who we are as a church and they would land right on that bullseye, okay? So imagine that scenario. Now you, in this decision, or if you were parachuting down, how close to the bullseye of our culture do you feel like you, you land? Um, and you can either do it generically or you could say, in this idea of no matter or mm-hmm. um, in this culture of excellence, where do you feel like you land on this? Are you right in the center or are you a little bit off and have them take the pen and draw the X um, just so that it's not like, this isn't a gotcha. This is just to like, how do you view yourself? Because they might say, I'm right in the middle and you're like, okay, well, I don't know if I would put you there. And yeah, yeah. You're not yeah. even on the napkin. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, you're, you're not on the table. Across town. No. <laughs> But it allows them that opportunity to have that self-reflection, to hear kind of that whole scenario of, oh, like it could be that even that if they have really great self-awareness, that whole thing of like, oh, yeah, that probably wasn't. Mm -hmm. So like it allows them to kind of own that mistake before you even have to have the conversation. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes that happens. Right. And then you can, again, just, you you know, coach through that and um, just reiterate how well they were on yeah because because really we're able to mm-hmm. assess where are they really at you know um and it might affect our script a little bit but if we just come in and we take that you know instead of just drawing it out we take it and say you landed way over here does that make sense to you they might say yes because they just want to people please um or it could turn into a huge argument because it's like no but if they start that and then we unpack that a little bit more so why why did you land all the way over here or why would you say that you're smack dab? Because that's conflicting to me. It's still it's putting it back in them. And how cool is that? Because again, I think it comes back to that trust piece. We're trusting them to process this, mm-hmm. just as much as we trusted them with the responsibility and that authority. We're trusting mm-hmm. them to process it. Yeah. And I think. I mean, I think that speaks to them. Even even if, even if we have to give some crucial feedback, um, I think they're going to be more receptive to hear it rather than us just coming in we've rehearsed for an hour and a half and we've got this great script on this polite, crucial feedback and we think we're going to win. Well, if they still, if, if we have no idea where they're really evaluating themselves. And what is the win in that? Like yeah. when we think of that ourselves, is it the win that we want them to grow and learn from it mm. or uh, the win? Like we could potentially get stuck in that. Like I want them to see what I mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. and it has to be this way yep. instead of just that whole process of, um, yeah. self-assessment and, yep. and going and through that. It's like, you know, so a leader who has good self-awareness, they might have an idea of like, oh, maybe I did <laughs> kind of miss the mark here. But like even just doing that, like that drawing could just help bring to light, you know, in their own minds, like processing it more. It makes me think like totally off, off of this, but I just went through like a four helpful list over an event that we had. And I was like, I know how the event went. And I'm like, I was surprised that I was surprised with some of the things on the list and just like, you know, like, but that value, like having a tool or something to use can just really just make, make somebody who's already self-aware just like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, like I can see this from a, 
that an allows angle. other people to come in, right? Yeah. Because yeah. God created us and designed us differently. Yeah. And if you yeah. wanted it to be a one man show, it would be a one man yeah. show, mm-hmm. but it's not. Yeah. It's a team, a yep. family. Yeah. And the four helpful list things being just like yeah. what's good, what's bad, what's missing, and, missing and what's confusing, and yep. you populate those columns. And yeah. it's just a good discussion starter. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just to kind of like wrap up everything here. So s- some of the things that we, we hit were. Uh, you know, we communicate with clarity and we extend trust. Best no- way to know that if you can, if the best way to know if you can trust someone is to trust them. Um, if you empower the right people, eventually they'll do it better than you ever could. And so if you guard your values and surrender control, uh, you're going to create leaders who have authority, not just followers who take tasks off your plate. Um, yeah, the more we control, uh, you, you know, you can have control or you can have growth, but you can't have both. And you become the limiting factor if you're not empowering people and, and you're controlling things. So um, help people uh, know how to decide, not just know how to do your way. <laughs> and uh, and just know that, like, yeah, sometimes what you're sensing rising up in you as a leader is this this good, uh, uh, man, it's, it's time for me to step in and coach this person. And, and, and so we want to dial into that. But sometimes it might just be simmering anger that's going to blow up as fireworks. Mm. It's it's just frustration with the how, and and you're just missing missing each other, and there hasn't been clarity on what are our values, what are our guiding principles to make decisions in this organization. So um, hopefully, uh, I, I know I learned a lot from the process of preparing for yeah, this and yeah. talking through this today, and I hope all of our listeners have too. Um, but we just really want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and uh, Maybe we've been closing with prayer. Uh, would you be willing, Kyle, to just yeah. wrap us up with prayer today? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Father, um, our focus isn't uh, just to become uh, better, uh, stronger, healthier leaders. Our, our focus, our goal um, is to, to draw people to you, to utilize the gifts and talents that you've given us, to, uh, to utilize even just um, resources like time to... Uh, draw closer to you to become healthier to draw more people to you and so father in whatever way arena responsibility that we lead in uh, god we know that you've you've called us and gifted us with the opportunity to lead in your kingdom and so father we don't take that lightly Uh, so as as we wrap this time up together today uh, god would you just uh, clarify in us what we needed to hear where we can grow uh, so that we can draw closer to you and bring more people into a relationship with you or a stronger relationship with you. We love you. It's your name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.